You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KCZ LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, that's me, and Tony Lynn Collins. That is my co-host. We are here every Tuesday on 104.5 or 106.1. I'm getting that right, aren't I, Dick? It's 104.5 or 106.1 at Conroe's FM. And we are coming to you live from um, those stations. You can also listen to us live on Facebook. Um, And uh, we are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. as a public service to our listeners We know there are a lot of you guys out there, and we really appreciate you listening, and we really hope that we're helping you. The reason that we're here is to help you through any kind of legal situation you may find yourself in, or maybe someone you know and love or a friend is in a situation, and we just want to provide some encouragement and positivity as much as we can be positive that you can, uh, you're going to be okay you can represent yourself if that's what you need to do, if you can't afford an attorney. And uh, you can even access uh, uh, us on, uh, gosh, our website is thelegalconnectionshow.com, and uh, we have all of our old shows up there. Or you can listen to us tomorrow on Google Play or iTunes. You can download it from IRLoneStar.com, and you can listen to any one of our shows Um, Today, Tony and I are going to be talking about legal strategies in any kind of situation from a divine perspective or or a perspective that's been uh, shown through time that many people trust and believe in. And, you know, at the end of every show, we say, uh, serve God by serving others. And, and, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we do this. And we truly believe that, that that is true, that that's a tenet to live by. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Before we get into that, you know, we've spoken in the past, talked in the past about pretrial diversion as an option if you get a DWI, if it's your first DWI. And, um, you know, DWIs are so common these days. Uh, If you have been charged with a DWI, if you haven't, uh, you probably know someone who has. And uh, they're very common. And for for your first DWI, uh, you... There's an option for you called pretrial diversion. I know we've talked about this before, but just in case you weren't listening then or you want a refresher, maybe some details, I'm going to talk a little bit about that before we get into our topic today. Um, pretrial diversion is an option that's offered if it's your first DWI, and there's some uh, caveats to it. You can't have a, a blood alcohol, breath alcohol level higher. Well, they want to see it at like a 0.15, but... I've gotten pretrial diversions for people that have uh, blood, breath alcohol higher than that or blood alcohol higher than that. Um, and uh, you got to spend three nights in jail. That's just, well, it's actually two nights, three days in jail. You go in on a Friday and you come out on a Sunday uh, late morning afternoon. And uh, you 
can't drink for 12 months. If you go for this option, you can't drink for 12 months. You go in for random alcohol testing. It's supposed to be once a month, but you go in for random testing. <clears throat> you uh, get a, a breathalyzer blower thing put in your car, and that's expensive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's, it's, it's an incredible option for someone who it is their first DWI because the, the good thing about it is if you're able to comply with the requirements that you have contracted in writing with the DA that you're going to fulfill, which is not drinking for 12 months, getting a breathalyzer in your car, going to jail for two nights, um, those kinds of things, then your DWI goes away, which is a really, really big deal. Because the problem with a DWI is if someone's having a problem drinking and driving and you get a DWI, uh, the way people usually look at it is, oh, well, it's my first DWI. You know, I don't go to prison until I get three. So, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll plead guilty and I won't drink anymore. Well, kind of unrealistic, um, even though you should not be drinking and driving. But if you're having a problem and you're not getting help with drinking, you get behind that wheel, you know, the whole full force of the law can come at you, and, and rightfully so. Um, so, you know, people have a tendency to plead guilty to their first DWI, but the problem is if you get another one at all, but if you get another one within a certain time period, and that time period is relatively long, <clears throat> I think it's, if it's within two years, there's different consequences than if it's within five years, but you go to jail for 30 days, and it doesn't matter if you're the president of First State Bank or you uh, work at a, a little women's a children's clothing store. You're going to jail for 30 days. So the pretrial diversion makes that first DWI go away, and it gives you the opportunity to take seriously um, how you're looking at your life and, and what's going on with you and hopefully make some positive changes. Um, there's a problem with the DWI that I think the, the pretrial diversion is that it's, you cannot drink at all for 12 months. You can't drink socially. You're contracting to do this. And that, to me, is, a, is kind of an unrealistically long amount of time. And um, I know when I was in law school, they called these things uh, DA layaway. Because what happens is, to get the pretrial diversion, you plead guilty to the DWI. So if you violate any uh, terms of that contract that you're signing with the DA, then you've already pled guilty. And now the full force of the DWI comes at you, and you've already pled guilty. So you have no defense. There's nothing you can say. Um, they don't plead it down. Nothing. Uh, you, you can get arrested and thrown in jail until... Um, a bond is set for you, and uh, if they decide that they don't want to set a bond for you, then you can be thrown in jail until you take a plea or you go to trial. So the consequences of um, violating that DW, that pretrial diversion are very stiff, and uh, the time frame involved is 12 months of not drinking at all, and um, for a lot of people, that's unrealistic. I think that's why they call it DA layaway. But anyway, um, so I wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. I don't know that we really sufficiently covered the consequences of violating a pretrial diversion and uh, not keeping your end of the bargain that you made with the DA. It, it really is a good deal uh, from the DA that a, a DWI would go away. Unfortunately, it's a 12-month long deal. 
And if you get called in for your random alcohol testing and you have any alcohol on board, then, um, well, then your bond is revoked and you get arrested. So remember that, guys, if uh, you are facing your first DWI or you know someone who is, uh, you can also message us live on Facebook and uh, we will be happy to answer your questions as they come in. So uh, today, Tony and I want to talk about legal legal strategies. And, you know, the difficult thing about practicing law is that every case is different. Every situation, every criminal case is different. Every, every civil case is different because the facts are different. And what, what the person has been doing uh, that, you know, say the plaintiff is the person who brings the lawsuit and they sue in civil court the defendant. In criminal court, the, the DA is the one who brings the lawsuit and they bring it against a civilian. They may bring it on behalf of another person that the civilian has harmed. But, or you may have just violated a law, and so the D, like drinking while driving. And so the DA is the one who charges you. So they're the prosecutor, not the plaintiff. In civil cases, the plaintiff is a civilian, and in criminal cases, the prosecutor is uh, the state. And uh, it's, it's just different because the facts are different every time. And the options that your attorneys may have, if you hire an attorney and you're not just representing yourself, the options that your attorney has vary. For example, I am representing someone in a divorce right now, and I just took the case over. I'm the fourth set of attorneys, and I'm not a set of attorneys. I'm just one attorney. But my client had three sets of attorneys before me, and... Um, You're not a set of attorneys. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, you know. well, well, if I count you, I am. But... Uh, uh, so I kind of inherited this mess, and I feel like the previous attorneys didn't take any kind of action that they needed to take. I don't know what they've been doing. After you evaluated what was done and you went through historically and saw how the case has played out, you were able to determine that um, she had a, uh, I'm going to call it a gaggle <laughs> of, Attorney, of, of attorneys, attorneys yeah. different sets of attorneys. I know which case you're talking about, mm-hmm. but this is not uncommon, and uh, they didn't do their job for one reason or another. Either they weren't paying close enough attention to the case. They may have had some legal strategy that you didn't know about, but after you've evaluated the way things have gone down, because hindsight's twenty twenty, um, you've determined that these previous attorneys did not file the right thing. They may not have sued the right people. They didn't find some facts were out there. And then what happens is you've now got this 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 avalanche of of a mess as a, a, a the, the pickle of all pickles to have to deal with that. And, and you're now responsible right. to clean up the mess. Right, and do what's in my client's best interest. But and that's not fair to you either as the attorney. Why should you have to go through, unless you're getting paid just a wad to, to undo the mess? It's almost like when someone's got a problem, and I don't have a good uh, example right off, but let's say you've got an issue with your air conditioner, and you get some air conditioning people to come in there, and they fix the wrong thing, but it's still hot, doesn't run. And then you get some more, and each time they're charging you more and more. You're not resolving the problem. You want cool air and maybe even warranty on your AC. And ultimately, you, you find out that, let's say, that it was, there was nothing wrong with the AC to begin with. It wasn't plugged in. I mean, it's always something kind of dumb. Now, that's simplifying this way too much for a legal case. 
But the truth of the matter is I've come into a lot of divorce cases, and they're the worst, where they are. the attorneys have gotten paid $700 an hour, and there's a bunch of them are just sitting back, and they don't start out like this. They turn, they turn into this somehow. They've got too much to do, or they just, you know, riding on their name or something. I don't know what the deal is, but for whatever reason, they have not done the work that they're being paid to do, and the person that's injured by it is the, uh, is your client. Right. And if, and any, just like we were, we, you know, we were talking about earlier, um, you serve God by serving others. It's not serving them if you're not paying close attention to the case. They hired you to represent them. It's as though they have a mechanical pump for a heart. They're not even thinking about your case. They're just churning out what they think they're supposed to do as a job instead of doing what they're supposed to do as a human being. You've, they've come to you and approached you for a service, and and uh, they haven't, you know, I'm just thinking through all the different kinds of times this has happened where I've had to pick up the, the ball and run with it when everything kind of got dropped out by the, the previous attorneys. Um, it's unfair that they've, they've had their, put their confidence in these attorneys only to find out that they've been let down. And, and the attorneys withdraw, you know? Yes, so, you don't so pay them. This, yeah, this case that, that I've taken over, um, the other side's attorneys are going to withdraw, and, and um, you know, we're glad for that. But, <laughs> yeah, but it only, be, and the reason that I took this case over is because her, my client's attorneys mm -hmm. withdrew mm -hmm. after running up a $106,000 bill, mm -hmm. you know? And that was her third set of attorneys. And she still doesn't have... She's not any further along she's than she was. She's not getting spousal support. <laughs> she's still she's married. She's not getting child support. She's still married, and it's as though she's, it's even worse. She's married, but she's, it, but it, now there's like, it's it's almost like alerting the uh, the, the, the gatekeeper uh, that that you're mad at him. You've now all of the, oh, all, right. I mean, I mean she, she's, it's worse than when she was married and just kind of staying quiet. Mm -hmm. Now she's. She's opened up this can of worms, and the gatekeeper's like, I love you, I love you, I want to stay with you, while starving them to death, right. and basically, next month, monetarily. Next month, there's a, a taxes on her home haven't been paid for two years. And it's, if, you don't do what I'm gonna, if you don't do what I say because I control everything, then, then you know, that's really, that's Have your option. Have fun with that, baby. Yeah, but I control mm -hmm. this, and, and that's the frustration. That's, that's part of the reason why we became attorneys, so that we could help people mm -hmm. so that that won't happen. And what happens is well-meaning attorneys either get too much work or they're not paying attention or maybe they, maybe they don't even like their clients sometimes. They've decided well, that they common. like the other side. Mm -hmm. And maybe I've had a lot of clients that I want to just strangle them because I'm like, why did you do this? Or why aren't you thinking? Or why are you reacting like this? And the truth of the matter is people that are in a legal situation are not sane. It is like legal insanity. Well, it's like you were saying, we were talking before the show. They're hurting. They're yes. in pain. Something mm -hmm. happened that they didn't count on happening. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they've become a victim in a way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had a lot of clients, and I know you have too, that sit there and talk and talk and talk and rehash <laughs> over and rehash over. That would be me. And I, no, I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, not me, but I understand because. They just need to, they need a counselor. They need I to get it I don't think they can help it. I think it's kind of like PTSD. Mm -hmm. When you, I really do. I mean, I have a degree in psychology mm -hmm. and I think the symptoms are very much mm -hmm. the same, almost exactly the yes. same. And you know how in PTSD you rehash and you rehash yes. and mm -hmm. you ruminate over these yes. things. I don't think they can help it. And it just breaks my heart. And I will say this. I was reading a book yesterday in adoration that, um, you know, God always just presents these things to me. I don't even know why, but it was called, um, to get to serenity. And it wasn't even a, a, a religious book. It just happened to be in the Adoration Chapel. And it was written in 1958. And I thought, 
oh my gosh, this was written by somebody that's probably dead by now before I was born. And it was like somebody was talking about something that happened yesterday. Yeah. And and you were like, oh my gosh, those old guys, they really did know something. Why didn't I know this? Why am I just now reading this? And what it said though, and I'm I'm not going to rehash the whole book, you know, I read it pretty quickly, um, which is weird because I'm a slow reader. Um, but basically, uh, that you when people need to stop wasting their life away, worrying about, I mean, there's some worry that you need to forecast and do things that, you know, properly, you need to plan, you know, that would be, uh, I guess, insane not to plan and, 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 you know, have your day planned out and what have you. But, but if you're spending your life worrying about the past, that's something you can't do anything about. You should learn from the mistakes of the past and create any of the mistakes as an opportunity to change them. And then a lot of people, on the other hand, will worry about the future. They're the planners. They're the people that worry. They're the ones like like me, where I knew that my marriage wasn't working out, you know, my first one, and I knew that I needed to be able to support my children. So, you know, 20 years down the pike, that was my long-term plan, mm-hmm. I, got into, I went to law school. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, I, I think I may have been able to save that marriage. It's hard to say in hindsight now because everything has worked out pretty well. But um, if I had told my first husband that I was very unhappy for these reasons, but that's not what I did. My plan was I've already tried that. It didn't work. So I need to, I need to take care of myself. And so I'm going to play for the future. The good thing was that I wasn't, it was something that I did that I wasn't worried about. I was bettering myself and I was very happy about it. So it was win-win, right? Right. Um, but people should live, uh, enjoy the present because if they're not enjoying this is what this whole book about serenity was. If you're going to worry about the past and there's nothing you can do about the past, then you're wasting the present. If you're going to worry about the future, and it, the future may not even come if you die today, then you're wasting the present. You should enjoy, the, smell the roses, and, and look around you. And a lot of people with PTSD and a lot of our clients are so caught up in what happened in the past to get justice and so caught up about what's going to happen in the future they don't have any control over. They're crazy people, and we need more attorneys with psychology degrees and mm-hmm. maybe some kind of spiritual counseling background because even though you wouldn't think black and white legal would have anything to do with it, it has everything to do mm-hmm. with it. A good friend and mentor of mine uh, came up with a saying that said, uh, "The only control you have over the pres- the only control you have over the future is what you make of today." Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, listen, Tony, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about strategizing legal strategies from an eternal perspective, a divine perspective. We'll be right back after the break. Not internal. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters. 
Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are uh, here today talking about legal strategies uh, and, you know, what to do in various situations. And so, Tony, you said you wanted to say something about the pretrial diversion yes, that I was talking yes. about. Yes, For once, I wasn't butting in when I hear it talking like I always do. But I want to clarify a couple of things about the pretrial interventions. They are a wonderful DA layaway. And the reason that they are so important, they're not what I usually go after. I am a, I am a get-it-off-your-record kind of girl. So let's you go, go after the let's pretrial diversion. Yeah. Let's, let's see if they, if they even have a case. I never say, let's just do the pretrial intervention because you only get one shot at that. Mm-hmm. If you get pulled over for a DWI and you want to get a pretrial, a pretrial intervention, the first thing they're going to look at is, did you have any previous criminal record? Because if you have anything on your record, we're they talking give it to you. Um, a, a, a small theft, anything. It could be a, 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 a just the peace court case. Anything criminal that you were even charged with is going to probably make it so that you're not, you don't qualify. Even if you were charged and it was dismissed? Um, a lot of times I look at that, particularly if it's, there's, there's a sexual assault kind of deal. Yeah, well, right. but, but that doesn't mean you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Because I've had people that I've gotten the pretrial intervention approved, even though they've actually had other charges. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're open mm-hmm. or, or maybe they were actually, they were convicted of it. But the circumstances all support that. And these are people that are making this decision. This is completely the DA and their chief's decision. They could decide to give it to you if you uh, had murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. It just really depends. Mm-hmm. So don't count that out. But there's certain boilerplate rules that aren't. They don't have. They that they have some control over that they don't have to follow. Okay. Right. So never say never in anything in life. Uh-huh. And anything. I mean, uh, this goes the whole gambit. If somebody's pronounced dead, don't believe it. They may be able to be revived, like when a kid drowns or. You know, whatever. So, but, never say but never. you, so you don't say, "Oh, let's just go for pretrial diversion." Oh no, you, ever you fight it? Like I no, crazy I fight, I look no, I look at the facts. Maybe I can't fight it. That right. was what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Is that you could when you first this case and your person says, uh, "I always get something like this." I always cherry coat it. Well, I was uh, sitting in a parking lot and I just, just I took I was just a little bit asleep and you know I guess I dozed off and then all of a sudden I was arrested for DWI and you're like, "Oh wow!" As an attorney, you're like. Well, you weren't on a public road. You weren't mm-hmm. driving. Mm-hmm. You were asleep. You weren't mm-hmm. even intoxicated. Mm-hmm. So how have they met any of the requirements for DWI? But then but then you um, 
uh, you look at the facts of the case, and then you get the discovery, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, or maybe the video where you find out there was a witness. You find out someone was trailing them while they were hitting, you know, small children on the side <laughs> of the road. Or they were throwing out empty bottles as they drove. Uh -huh. And they weren't in the parking lot. They were in the middle of a freeway stopped. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the car was running, and their foot, one foot was on the brake, and the other was on the accelerator. You're finding out that they, and I just had one la a couple of days ago where she said they absolutely did not draw blood. And then I got a whole video of them drawing blood. Me too. She was so I get drunk. Those, I know they don't remember they don't what remember happened. Anything. So mm -hmm. you can't take that. You have to look at the facts. You listen politely to your alcoholic client mm -hmm. who doesn't even know they have a problem. That's the first step to recovery. Mm -hmm. You know that they have a problem if they're even telling the attorney they're hiring that that's not, you know, things that aren't true. Because why wouldn't you tell somebody in confidence, like your priest or your attorney, something that's not going to get out, the truth, all right? So then um, you, they turn around and and you find out that that they, they had a blood draw. Well, the bottom line is you find out they were raging drunk when they were stopped, okay? And yeah, their alcohol level was like 2.65. And I, I, I kid you not, I went and I found, I have a client, and we were I was able to get her uh, administrative license revocation hearing successfully you know, we prevailed. In other words, she got to keep her driver's license. Wow. I fought it like the dog. All three officers that were on the scene showed up. Um, I had everybody subpoenaed. I went forward. I fought it, okay? And, and as we've discussed before, the administrative life licensing revocation hearing is a civil, it's the civil case for the DWI where you get to keep your license. But since it's civil, you have got the responsibility and the burden as the attorney for your client to go and fight to keep their license. Because if you don't, they're going to have the $3,000 surcharge. Their license can be revoked. They're going to need an occupational license. So it's a really, really important thing that people kind of disregard. So I wasn't really sure what the facts were in this case. So I subpoenaed all the officers, got there, and we ended up winning it because they said that there was a technicality in the way they drew the blood, which is what an attorney does. Right. You win cases on technicalities. They mm -hmm. have to do it right mm -hmm. or they don't keep it. But when I went to the, um, the criminal setting, I thought, oh, we're going to win this, no problem. I got the video and I realized that there was a drug, a drug blow, a, a blood draw. The police officers didn't have that information at the time of the ALR hearing for some reason. And um, her blood alcohol level, and she says, oh, Miss Tony, they didn't, they didn't even draw my blood. I know they didn't draw my blood. I was there. And I was like, I don't even know what, how I was able to win the ALR based on the, what I know now. But um, she was a 0.28. Point. That's wow. that's practically that's a third of her almost, blood. Uh, that's alcohol. danger zone. You could die. Yeah. And so this the the problem here is that you have people that are alcoholics driving, mm -hmm. and and if they just want to get home, they're so close. They just want to be with their families. They need to get to their dog. Mm -hmm. They're 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 within half a block of their house. Let's say of the local bar. Mm -hmm. They just and it seems so innocent, mm -hmm. but they could kill somebody on the way. Mm -hmm. And so they do need to be punished. And to the extent that they like a kid, they don't do it again. Don't put your finger on that burning stove. It burnt. They don't do it again. They felt the burn, so to speak. So mm -hmm. a pretrial intervention is a very nice way for the DA to say you have a raging drunk client, and we're going to give them a break just this once because maybe their mom just died or maybe something really bad happened and they don't normally drink. We don't know the situation, but we're going to give them one chance. And if they qualify, they get the one chance. And so I'll take that if I see the facts. that they, We cannot go to trial. They will lose at trial. Right. Pleading guilty is the only thing that they were, that was going to happen anyway. Okay, well, so what happens, Tony, if... Uh they do the pretrial diversion, mm -hmm. and then they drink, mm -hmm. and then... Okay, so that was the next thing. You've made a contract with the, the, the very the good DA. contract with the DA saying, 
uh, and they're looking out for everyone's, best, particularly the public's best interest, but also the person. These DAs are not all the bad. I'm, I, most of them, I would say 99% are really, really nice people. Well, they're absolutely nice but people. But then you get in court and they lie. They, well, and they're not the ones they, who they made the, the law. They're not the ones who made the law. Right. But my point was is that 12 months is a long time. It is time. not a long time if the contract that you made and you were seriously drunk was that I won't touch alcohol for 12 months. And in return, uh, I will get this dismissed if I comply with all of these rules. Just like a kid on on that that you've you know um, what do you call it when you're when uh, it's been too long since I've actually used this terminology. But you've grounded your child, and there's certain things that they must do before they're off the grounding, right? Mm-hmm. And if they don't comply with that, it's a more severe punishment. Mm-hmm. That's what the, the pretrial diversion is. And these clients of ours, the worst, the, the most difficult one is not to drink for a year. It's incredibly difficult to be able to tell somebody, I know your 21st birthday is coming up, but you can't celebrate with alcohol because of this. You've made this deal. You'll have to wait for a year. And they try to sneak it. They will drink just a little bit at home. And they get away with it, too, because if they aren't caught, mm-hmm. like it always is in crime, mm-hmm. then, then who's, you know, there's, no, there's no problem. That's not the problem. It's, like a, a, it's almost like a commitment you've made with God. God knows. And you may as well look at it like that. Because if you drink and you've made a deal with somebody and you don't think they're going to find out, well, if God knows and the DA may as well be right up there, they are going to find out, okay? You may have somebody that doesn't like you that tells them they've got a video of you drinking and they turn it into them. Just assume that that if you do this, you have now breached a, a commitment, which is basically a sin. You've made a commitment with the DA and this person was not supposed to drink and it's harsh, but they got a really good deal. And what this is what happens though. Um, if they drink uh, or if they don't comply with any one of the things. I had a guy that had us revoked here in Montgomery County, and they're, they're the, the, the worst about revoking on the simplest things. He didn't get his, um, his intoxilizer, uh, not intoxilizer, but his, uh, the in, interlock, his interlock uh-huh. put in his car. He got it put in a day late. He got put it in, but it was a day late. He didn't get put on the seventh day, but the eighth day. They revoked his pretrial intervention after he'd already put guilty in. He wasn't even really all that drunk. I mean, he was driving, but... You know, he may have had like a point one three. It wasn't even that big of a deal, but it was a good resolution for him not to have to go to court and pay all the additional attorney's fees to me and everything else. So it was just a good resolution. He admitted, he even admitted on, on the camera that he had been drinking. Right. So we, we just went that direction. They revoked it. And so they, it's not the end all when they revoke it. You can still, you can still appeal it to the district attorney. Um, you can, you're not going to go get put in jail immediately, so don't freak out if you've drunk, if, if you've, you've done something that's against the contract and you've been found out. Honesty, the truth will set you free. God is the truth, the light, and the way. It's not the end of the world. In fact, your response to doing something wrong is far more important many times than what you did wrong. So if you don't lie about it and try to cover it up, that's, that's what happened in the Watergate. That's, that's what gets people in trouble. You need to be honest always, especially with the DA. If you've made a promise and you've done something wrong, uh, you may try to tell a white lie by just not answering, which is also a lie indirectly. Um, you need to be honest about what happened. I drank. I made a mistake. All right, well, I'm sorry. The deal was it's going to be revoked because you drank, even though it was a mistake under these circumstances. Or they may say, oh, your mom died and you drank. We're going to give you a break on this. And then they'll just continue it and then they'll, they'll look the other way. They'll document the reason because that's the right thing to do. But let's say you just went to a party and you're drinking. You drank, you drank some apple cider or something that, that you know, has some alcohol in it. And, you know, you knew it did and you, it was volitional. All right. It'd be different if it was spiked. But that's not going to fly either because a lot of times they know that 
you, you, it wasn't spiked, you're lying about it. Okay, so it's going to be up to the DA to sort of be the one that makes this decision. Mm -hmm. um, if they revoke it, you will go to court and you'll go before the judge. They're not going to arrest you right there because no one even knows you revoked it. There's going to be like a mini bench trial on it. Mm -hmm. And um, the, then you're going to get what, what uh, a, a different sentence for that guilt. And it may not be as harsh as what it was before. Let's say you've already done your three days because you went to jail one day and you're going to get time served and you already spent the one day overnight. They, mm -hmm. and, and let's say you've already been on your pretrial diversion for six months, so you've been paying your fees and complying and you haven't been drinking, you're doing all the right things. They may say, okay, well, I'm sorry, you have a guilty on your record now. We're not going to dismiss it, but we're going to let you walk. No more penalty. You don't have to pay anything more. We think you've done enough, but you're going to have it on your record. Okay, that's a big penalty. But oh, it's you, huge. Okay, it's huge. But they may say, but they may also say you were really bad when you were doing that, and so we're going to fine you an additional fifteen hundred dollars, or you are going to go to jail for thirty days. And of course, thirty days in jail is really, you know, you're going to get day for day, or you're going to get the third if you're like a trustee in jail. So it may not be thirty days; it may be ten days. Okay, but but the truth of the matter is, if you've revoked it and they just don't decide that you have a legitimate explanation for it then it's, you're going to have it on your record. You won't get, in, you won't get arrested immediately. You'll go before the judge because you've already got a contract with them. They're going to determine that you breached the contract, and then you're going to go forward with the, whatever punishment they decide, okay? Now, um, another thing is that if it's your, um, if, if it doesn't, getting a pretrial intervention won't wipe out the, the, the fact that you got charged with the DWI and it, in other words, you can't go drinking again. You can't continually get pretrial interventions and, 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 and succeed with them and then go get them again. That first one is the only shot. That's the only bite you're going to get at the apple. Right. Once you're arrested for DWI um, and in, in a particular county, let's say it's Montgomery County, you, the pretrial intervention will get dismissed if you comply with the agreement. And you can get it expunged. I mean, it, no one will ever see it. It's off your record. And you say, okay, well, great. The next time I get arrested, then that'll be my first DWI. No, not so. Uh, they always put a little provision in the contract that says that they can keep it in their records. Right. So the, th the next in time you get arrested, to to it. the next time you get arrested, it's going to show up. Mm -hmm. They're the only ones that'll know, though, if you get it expunged. Now, let's say you don't get it expunged. Well, then the other county you get arrested in is going to see it. So you want to work with that expungement right. pretty quick if you can get that done. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was pretty much just wanted to clarify a couple of things that we talked about on mm -hmm. the uh, DWI pretrial intervention. A very, very good thing to have a very good thing that they're offering, a blessing, because they didn't have it before. Well, no, but statutorily, we could get DWIs dismissed under certain circumstances, and they took that away <clears throat> and then gave us this. Right. You know? And, and it, it, if you look at the facts, though, and it should be something that's dismissed or taken to trial, oh, by all means, do not take a pretrial intervention if you can fight it, because because it's not worth it. If you weren't guilty or if you got a good reason, right. don't do this. This I mean, is but, when you are right. raging drunk awful. Right. Yeah, your point, that's well taken. I mean, these people are drunk with high alcohol levels. And they levels shouldn't and... be drinking for a year. They need to go to the 12-step program. They, need, they to... need to take it seriously what they did, and I think that that's the intent of the 12-month mm -hmm. not drinking thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that mm -hmm. that's a long time. And good time. friends of mine will be at restaurants with me, and they're like, I'm going to drive. I'll be with them. As, and I'm saying, look, let me drive you. We'll come get your car later. And they've only had a couple of drinks, but I can see that this is a prime for being arrested. I'm like, sure. please do not drive. Just, I'm telling you right now, you were two and a half drinks in, and, oh, I'll, I, before it hits me, I'll drive. I'm like, no. People just think, I just need to get home down the block. Don't 
do it. I know. Call Uber. Let your friend help you. You're not helping anybody. Serve God by serving others. And when your friend that's serving God by serving others says, I want to help you, let them help you. Right. Okay. That is absolutely true. So they filed a motion to revoke a bond, and uh, and then they filed a proposed order. The prosecutors filed that. There's a proposed order. And you're saying that a person that's representing themselves or an attorney that doesn't you know what to do. You can still fight do, it. Uh, you, you appeal it. You file yeah. an appeal. You can still go before the judge, but it's a bench trial. You know, it's, uh, you've already pled guilty. In fact, pleading guilty is also something that I would question. You plead guilty on a... A pre-trial intervention, and then you decide you want to go to trial because you pled guilty and you only had like a, a point one. Let's say you were practically not even drunk, right? And it was just something you did, and and now you're kind of regretting that. Um, maybe it was a point. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances were, but let's just say you weren't that drunk, and whatever decision that you made, you had that. It could be that um, that when you you do want to go to trial on it, after all, you don't want to take this revocation or whatever. I'm going to change my plea. I want to go to trial. You can do that because your deal is not with the court. It's with the DA. You can say, I'm going. And then they say, well, I'm going to bring in the pretrial intervention. Well, you know what? I think you've got a hearsay issue, and you're not going to get to bring that in because because just because I said that to you under coercion or maybe I was drunk even when I signed it, you can still get around that. Don't be falling for that either. But for the most part, I would say that people that enter a pretrial intervention, at least my clients, they're entering it because the DA and I both agree for the, the benefit of the public and for that person, they need an intervention. Right. And their blood alcohol level is so high, mm-hmm. you know. And they need to admit they need to, they need that punishment. They need to feel the burn not to do it again, mm-hmm. particularly if they're only 20 or 21. They're way too young to be drinking and driving and having it on the record for that long period of time. Right, right. Okay, um, th- so the time to file the appeal would be immediately as soon as they're Well, attorney- it's not a real appeal. It's <clears throat> if you're appealing to the DA because remember that you don't have anything – the pretrial intervention, um, you're, you're not, the judge is simply saying, I'm going to postpone right. uh, adjudicating it until this is complete. Right. There's nothing that shows up on the record. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you still have an open case. Right. So you're not appealing anything because you can't appeal something unless you've got a, um, an order that's signed by the court. And then, then you can appeal it based on that order. Other than that, what would you appeal? You're appealing that you're disagreeing with the DA? No. Well, mm-hmm. you, you said you can appeal it. And so basically well, what I'm you sorry, mean is write the, the DA a letter. Yeah. I'm not telling, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not even writing a letter to the DA. This is all going on when you go to your next setting at court. Right. They say you're revoked, you're going to show up. And so you go for the whatever the, the they can call it whatever they want. Whatever that setting is, you're going back to court because they're dragging you in there. Basically, it's going to be a bond revocation setting. You're going to go in there and you're going to get the bond reset if you don't agree that you you should be you should plead guilty on it. And you're you're not agreeing with what they're offering is there uh, you breach the contract. You can say, "Okay, um, I want to I want to set it for trial then. And then, okay, well, we're going to revoke your bond because they can do that. And then you're going to argue with the judge about what the bond should be. You know, I've only done that, I think, twice in all my DWI experience too mm-hmm. because for the most part, my client has made a mistake and they knew this was not a surprise to them that they made a mistake. They're just trying to be, they're, they're trying to skirt their responsibility by saying, I didn't mean to, it just happened. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was having a bad day. With all the litany of excuses that the DA has heard forever, I don't disagree with the DA. I say that my client, just like if I'm their parent, should have, uh, they, they, they made a mistake, and there is a penalty to that. It's just like with God. You made a mistake, and there's a penalty. Catholics forgive every, you know, you can be asked for God's forgiveness. Uh, please, the priest who does something wrong, please forgive me. You'll be forgiven that you've got God's forgiveness. He died on the cross for that. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to be punished. 
you, you still are going to have to do maybe a prison term, but but you're going to have God's graces. There's still there's forgiveness, but not forgiveness without a punishment for that, because we wouldn't. It'd be a lawless society. It's just like people coming in over the border. Yes, they should come up here and work. Yes, we want them to work, but not when you're cutting a line in front of somebody else and you're just for an economic reason. That's not what our laws are about. So there's a punishment for coming across the border when with the droves of people when you don't do it the right way. The punishment is you may get locked up at the border. You may get denied entry. Your kids that you drug along with, you may get sick and die. That's the punishment. It doesn't mean that, that that's a lawless situation, letting people drug. But there's so many different examples. Mm-hmm. You can't, law, the only way you have law is to follow the rules that, that have been laid out by the state, which are based upon the rules set out by God, the Ten Commandments. So, you know, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but that's, that's, people don't accept responsibility and they try to make excuses in any situation, civil or not. And a lot of times there really isn't an excuse. If the law is on your side, yeah, then if, if, if the other person has, has, there's an injustice done, then you should fight it to the bloody end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Christ is the only person that I know, a person, entity, you know, supreme being, that basically did nothing wrong. He was sinless. And was still uh, crucified, you know, convicted by his peers and tortured by the the government, and made to be embarrassed in front of everybody by dragging his cross down the, you know, that the the walk, the mm-hmm. the, the walk. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called, but uh, <clears throat> you would know better than me. But I just imagining him dragging his cross after he'd been so burdened after in a celebration period, and then nailed to the cross to so that our sins are forgiven. That's not, you don't have to do that in real life. It may feel like it when you're in court and you've had an injustice. And you have to remember somebody had a lost worse than you did. Jesus did. But right. you want to fight with the help of your attorney if there's an injustice done. Because what if the, it'll happen again if you don't set the record straight with law? You know? uh, absolutely. Okay, well, I have another a legal scenario for you. Uh, talking about attorneys and mm-hmm. overcharging and overpaying. Um, uh, I want to talk about people that have overpaid attorneys or they find that an attorney did something. We're going to take a break, but after we get back to the break, I want to talk about this. Uh, You find out your attorney did something that sets you up to cost you a bunch of money later, right? Mm -hmm. So now the client wants their money back for what they paid the attorney. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll address that legal situation. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. 
Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Today, Tony and I are talking about legal strategies uh, with a divine perspective. And, uh, you know, the main thrust of that is uh, that we want to help you. We want to help you through your legal situations as a personal issue to Tony and I. We do it. Well, it's basically what I always hear when I go to adoration. It's um, the truth. Jesus is always the answer. I love that because Billy Graham said that. He, well, uh, the, actually, the, the Pope and the Catholic doctrine is that if you question what to do in a situation, the, the answer is always Jesus. It's always Jesus, okay? Yeah. And then Billy Graham sort of bolstered that by saying he doesn't have any, or at least when he was alive, you know, he died right just short of 100 years old. Um, he said he would never make any public statements, um, anything that, where he was in the public without mentioning the word Jesus because with that, he is the truth, the light, and the way. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is it's always about the truth. The mm-hmm. truth is the most important thing. The truth is what we are going to be judged on, I believe, after we die. Was It wasn't what happened in your life if you were born in Zimbabwe or some third world country. I don't even sure if it's a third world country anymore. It may be, you know, advanced for all I know. I don't keep up with my African history. But um, we don't know that, um, that wh- wh- where we were placed on this earth um, it wasn't like a test, I guess, to make sure that we are we're doing the right thing and mm-hmm. doing the right thing is following the 10 commandments, whether it doesn't matter what your religion is, they're always it's pretty much the same. And then, um, and how you react to things that happen to you because, because bad things do happen. There's a lot of evil out there where we come out, we come out of the womb, you know, sin free basically or pretty close to it. And then bad things happen and then you want justice. And you know, one thing happens, one thing after another happens. And then suddenly your whole being is, is your character is, developed and you may be the kind of person that wants to get back at somebody or whatever the case may be, or you would just let people walk all over you because you, you, it, it, your, your way is to be passive aggressive or whatever. Whatever or just your passive. Re- action is, is the most important thing. How did you react? Did you react with a gun? Did you react with a lawyer? Uh, did you react by saying this isn't worth arguing well, about? Well, what about my scenario? Okay. So this, this client, you know, or this person mm-hmm. went through some sort of legal situation mm-hmm. And they hired an attorney mm-hmm. to do something for them. Right. And they didn't do it right. Right. And so as a result of that, they spent all this time and money and frustration. They had all the, they, this person, like a person out there that hires attorney, had felt like this, this attorney is my savior. They right. had told me that they can get me out of this, or at least inferred that. And I gave them a retainer. And then when things started, and they weren't going as well as I thought they were. I was getting a little scared. Then they said, well, I need more money to continue with this because there's no guarantee. And I told you this was going to be a long rabbit trail. And my, you know, this isn't my problem. It's, you know, I'm Which just is all true, It's right? always the truth, yes. And it was a little bit, there, uh, uh, just like the mechanic with your car. Oh, well, I thought it was this, but it's also this because you have an old car or whatever the case may be. Whatever the case may be, they've gone through and this legal bill is keeping, is going up and up and up, okay? You sign an agreement with that attorney. I'm going to pay you this much per hour. It's kind of hard to control what they do at that hour. You hope they're going to be honest with you. 
And then all of a sudden, when all is said and done, you've entered a mediated settlement agreement, let's say like your example, okay. and it says certain things are going to happen. And then that attorney or both attorneys uh, draft an order. Right. And then, but because they were all happy because they got their final payment before the order was either entered or whatever, or they're going to throw you a bone and say you don't owe me anymore because they overcharged you, whatever the case may be, um, you've got this order that's filed with the court, and the judge says, y'all all agree on this? It sounds great. And she signs off on it, and everybody is kumbaya, right? Right, right. Okay, then what happens is uh, a year down the road, something in that order, perhaps a spousal support payment, maybe, um, you know, them tra- the way that a, a jointly owned property is being managed, whatever the The case- way to prove payment? Yeah, uh, 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 the, uh, the way, uh, uh, in the technicality of whether yes. you paid him with a check or a credit card, mm-hmm. something that's minute, the minutiae. Mm-hmm. And the other person has now decided to find a loophole to renege right. the bad guy, okay? Mm-hmm. That's some evil, greedy spirit, the seven deadly sins, getting a hold of the bad guy. They need to go to an exorcist or confession, but that's a different story. We'll, go, we'll talk about that a different day. Uh, and so, But right now, you are the attorney they've come to with, how do I fix this? Right. Everything's done. I pay this attorney to do this. I was assured that everything was supposed to be right, and now I'm... I'm I'm in a ter- this almost the same position I was in before. Exactly. It's, how do you unravel this? Okay, so you go in, you say, okay, I'm going to do a nunc pro tunc order. The, the the judge says, hey, the degree is a degree, but it doesn't match the contract. So since it doesn't match it, you need to come in and correct the order that I signed. The judge is like, it's not my fault. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a different judge. You've got to go in there and file a motion that says this was the agreement between the parties. This decree, although it was signed, there was a little. It was it it it's diverse from the agreement, and we need to now make this work. Well, the person that 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 tried to get through the loophole was like, "Oh no, that's not right. The decree is perfect, and we're going to follow the decree." And the decree is the oh, the only thing this we the agreed only on. Thing. It's the order. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. law. And mm-hmm. the, their attorneys are like, "Yeah," and they're like all high fiving. Where the other attorney is feeling now, that attorney is more than likely feeling pretty bad. Uh oh. This isn't perfect. This mistake isn't really my mistake. It's sort of the way you're interpreting it. But, you know, it happened, and I've got other stuff I'm doing right now, and so I'm moving on. And so now you're the new savior attorney that's going to come in and fix it. So now you need a retainer because it wasn't your problem. And the person that was hurt by it is now like, yeah, they made a mistake. I want my money back. Mm-hmm. That's the question, right? Mm-hmm. That's a long way of the illustration. Well, yep, now you're going to have to go back to that contract. That contract with that attorney probably said that there's no guarantee that once you give me this retainer, it's non-refundable. Uh, they may say that I did exa- you agreed to it, you signed this decree. I gave you the opportunity to look it over, and we went over it, and you agreed it was correct. I can't help that the other side is now trying to change the law or read it differently, or maybe they know the judge because they used to be friends before she was elected or whatever. So, so the question is, can you get your money back when the attorney that you hired before has sort of done you wrong, even though they didn't intentionally do it? And the answer is, it depends. It's always it depends. Because that contract you enter with that attorney may say you may have a guarantee. It may be that they malpracticed, and you're going to threaten them with a malpractice suit, even if it was four years out. Mm-hmm. You can still come back and say, I was hurt by this. This is unjust, and uh, unjust, and I'm going to report you to the bar if nothing else. There may be an injury to that first attorney if they don't do the right thing and step up to the plate and try to work it out with you. Mm-hmm. But that is life. That's always life. 
when you get into a conflict, conflict resolution can be anything. It could be at your church. It could be talking over the dinner table. It could be at mediation. It may be that when you do your damage assessment, it may be just easier to work something out with that attorney and talk with them like a person rather than jumping to conclusions. It could be that attorney was just a dirtbag that they they did make a mistake, but they're not going to do anything. It's too bad. I'm moving on. Well, there there have been multiple efforts uh, to contact the attorney. The attorney won't respond because they know that they this person may not have. We let's just let's face it. We all make mistakes. This attorney probably in a very well-meaning way. This this decree got entered and it had a little snag in it that may very well not even be a snag at all. It may be that this that happens that that the other side is not cooperating. Let's say the decree is fine. Right. The other side's not cooperating. The attorney did her job. She's still going to have to hire an attorney to make her ex cooperate with the properly written decree. It may be it's not her problem at all. She's still going to have to hire an attorney, but now going back and say, you should have done it even better. I want my money back. That may not be the case. Mm-hmm. That may be completely improper, but it's not. It's worth talking to the attorney over. And if that person is hiding because maybe they didn't do anything wrong, maybe they just, they've got too much going on, or maybe they died. You don't right. know what happened. Right. Um, it's still, you still have to look at the decree. You still have to go forward. You still have to um, kind of look at it from a human standpoint that it may have just been a mistake that is not something that you should get your money back on, but you need to move forward. Remember what we talked about earlier in the show, that you can't be looking at the past. You can't be focusing and being all angry and bringing the past in. You've got to look at the present, and you can't be freaking out what's going to go on in the future, but you've got to look at the present. What happened in the past and how you respond to it is the present. What happens in the future and that may not even come, if we, like a lot, I just, one of my, uh, my good friends um, uh, had a heart attack at, uh, uh, suddenly and died a few weeks ago, and a young person. So, so that person had no, they didn't know that was going to happen, That's but terrible. if they had t- if their last few days were spent worrying about all their clients in the future and what am I going to do, then they've just, instead of the responsible approach is, I've got my weekend, I've got my family, I've got to put this to the side for now. Right. My job during these hours is strictly going to be work and helping other people. But my family comes first when I'm on my death. And I think my clients get that little confused. They don't realize I've got a life. Right. And they think they're my, I'm their friend, and I am. But and you, you're their only, they're your only client. But, and I may be their only friend about <laughs> the way that a lot of them behave. But the, and I want to help them, but you can't call me at 10 at night and expect me to drop everything and, and want to come live in my house and, and use my house as storage. And, and I'll talk to you when I can. I'm going to help you. But that's uh, what you need your, your priest and your psychologist and your mother for, uh, not your attorney. Uh, so there's all, a little bit, but I will definitely help just like, like a person. Right. Separate yourself from your career, and a doctor should do this too, and listen to the person. But sometimes you've got people that are, do have PTSD, and maybe they need some um, medical or psychiatric help. <laughs> I think <laughs> a lot of legal. these people have PTSD. But so, are, so would the your legal problems will do that too. So would the person uh, just send a demand letter to the attorney? They've tried to contact this attorney that they feel like they're resulting legal. If fees. they can find the attorney, and the attorney is is hiding from them, then I believe the proper way to talk to them is not confronting them, not going to their office or anything like that. Is certified to letter. Give, send them a certified letter uh, that's written nicely. Yeah, a professionally written certified no threat, letter. No threats. And or what anything. if they don't respond? Then that your next step is to uh, file suit. 
to look at your what your options are with an attorney if you can afford right. that. Otherwise, call the Legal Connection Show. That's right, and ask us, and we will be happy to listen to you and try to you know give you some advice. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. We have been talking about legal perspectives, legal strategies from a divine perspective. Uh, we're going to be here next week from 12 to 1, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. You can listen to us live on Facebook. You can download uh, the podcast, Google iTunes, Google uh, Player iTunes tomorrow. And uh, thanks for listening. We want to remind you always to serve God by serving others. Okay, have a great week, guys. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.